Psalm 97, page 603. The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people see his glory. All who worship images are put to shame. Those who boast in idols worship him, all you gods. Zion hears and rejoices, and the villages of Judah are glad because of your judgments, Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. Let those who love the Lord hate evil, for he guards the lives of his faithful ones and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Morning. Can you hear me at the back? Okay. Just want to be sure. What's... Good morning once more. It's always a great, great privilege, I always say, to be here to um, talk about God and to address our people. So I will start with a prayer. Meanwhile, my name is Gabriel As. Most of you do know. I'm one of the church wardens. And today, we'll be talking about God and what he says in Psalm 97. Our God reigns. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you so very much for the privilege to stand before these great people, your people this morning, to talk about you. Lord, open our ears, hearts and minds to hear what you are about to say. I bind every form of distraction, including sleeping, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our topic, our title is Agorrents, which is on the screen. Psalm 97 appears in a group of Psalms that have as their main subject the, God, the, the reign of God. Book 4, Psalm 90 to 106, which begins with a, with a declaration of divinity of God, divine entity of God which you can see in Psalm 90, verse 2, and concludes with a call to internal prayers. Also, you can see this in Psalm 106, 
verse 48. According to these Psalms, God's eternity means that God has no beginning. Psalm 90, verse 2, you see it in also in Psalm 93, verse 2. And God has no end. This also you can see in Psalm 102, verse 24, 26, and 27. And that God is unchanging. Our God does not change. Psalm 102, verse 27, say, But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The God we're talking about is God that lives forever and ever. It's the same God we have been hearing about. Not ordinary God, but the God that we know that God of yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. He never dies. It's a God that has been in existence over billions of years, millions of years, depending on how, how many years you, you will say um, this God is, is old, but is young. Amen. Some Bible scholars often refer to this psalm as inauguration or enthronement psalm because of the focus on God's internal, God's internal timeless everlasting kingship. It's the king that lasts forever. It's not like earthly king. Our, kings, our God's kingship has no end. He reigns forever and ever. It's not like the kingship of the people of the world that has an end. No matter how long they reign, I mean the kings of the earth, they will one day die, and the throne will be handed over to another person. For instance, our precious late queen, Elizabeth II, reigned for 70 years. That's our queen here, our late queen, reigned for 70 years following the death of his father, George VI, and her son, King Charles, the third took over from her. You can see the queen when the queen was coronated and went chats. These are earthly kings and queens. Most of the lost reigns, Psalms, include our Psalm of today, Psalm 97, which begins with the proclamation, the law reigns, verse 1, or God is king. The Lawrence, the Lawrence Psalms highlights different aspects of God's reign and its practical implication for our lives. So no matter what seems to be going on in the world, we can have the confidence that our God reigns. Instead, so the Psalm 97 prompts us to admit that the law reigns. In other words, our king, our God is king. It's not the glorious shout of privilege, movers and shakers of the society. Instead, it represents a desperate cry of hope for those who look around and see the effects of human injustice 
and evil intentions of our people. In particular, Psalm 97 encourages those who really to remember that God is the only true hope we have. The idols and false gods we build up ourselves, whether in the form of golden calves, or political parties, like presented here, or many personal accomplishments, they are all powerless and cannot bring real justice, reconciliation, wholeness, peace, and joy to us. But then our happiness, our solace, should always rest on the fact that our God is a God of justice, a true living God, a God who sits in his throne in heaven, and the whole earth is his footstool. The God we are talking about is a God you can see. That's just a picture of God to represent our God. Who lives in heaven and the whole earth is his footstool. Can you just, for one minute, imagine how big this God we are talking about is? Just imagine the God who uses the whole earth as his footstool. Imagine how big this God is. There was a popular song we used to sing when I was younger. I have a very big God oh, who is always by my side. A very big God oh, by my side, by my side. Imagine when you have this God by your side. A God, the whole earth. Imagine how big the earth is. It's where he uses as a footstool. And this God is beside you as you are God. Imagine this kind of huge, loving God always by your side. What would I be afraid of? Who will I fear? What is it that I cannot achieve or do or accomplish in my life once I set my mind to do it with this God by my side? Our problem sometimes, I will say, is that we do not know how big and loving our God is. Our God is a living God. It is not God of a storybook. He is the God of the Bible. And the Bible is a living word of God. So I will move forward on this um, Psalm 97 by kind of unpacking it. I kind of divided it in three sections. Section 1, verses 1 to 5. The arrival of our God who reigns in a unique, incredible and amazing power. Here the psalmist tried to gradually build up a picture of God's character and image. 
the image of God that this psalm portrays shows that the absolute power of the law rules. Law, God's rule is very remarkable. The God that is so supremely mighty that he sits, he was thunderstorm. Like human kings might wear a robe. Where an ordinary king might employ some representatives or possibly some troops to go ahead of him and announce his presence. This God sends forth fire that consumes all that might oppose his divine will. When you see maybe the prime minister or the king or president of any country going, usually we call it dispatch, in Nigeria we call it dispatch riders. They go ahead to announce that the president or the king is coming. But the God we're talking about, our God, is different. It's a God that, when it's coming, fire announces his presence by consuming his enemies and those working against the divine will of God. God is in fact so powerful that the creation itself, the earth and the mountains cannot stand the force of his presence. The earthquakes and the trembles and the mountains dissolve like candle. Imagine a God that's coming. Imagine a mountain like Everest melting like when you light a candle. The mountains melt like was before the Lord. The Almighty God who sits in heaven and the whole earth is full too. But despite the firecracker nature of or likeness of God surrounding his presence, the writer remarks that the righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. In other words, the divine kingship that is so graphically demonstrated in this passage has its basis in the complete rightness and perfection that marks unity, peace, goodness, and actions that are taken in order to pursue and advance righteousness. Ultimately then, the first thing that Psalm 97 has to declare is that the Lord is the Almighty King, whose reign is based on and as in favor of what is good and right. The reigning of the Lord means that the whole earth is supposed to be rejoicing, as you can see. Even the remotest riches of the earth 
like the coastlands, are to be glad and rejoice over the reign of the Lord, our God. God is sovereign and rules over the affairs of men on earth. Whatever is going on, God knows. No matter what is going on in the whole world, no matter how bad it looks, our God knows. He is aware. There's nothing that happens that our God does not know. He allowed it. And if he allows it, he allows it for a purpose. The knowledge that Lord reigns and should, the, the, Lord, the fact that the Lord reigns should cause joy to all the people of God in the whole world. Joy is supposed to be to depict the, the lives of God's people on earth. As children of God, we should always rejoice. We should always be happy. But then, one would ask, how can we rejoice when the hand of the wicked seems to be everywhere? We see violence and shootings in the nations around the world. We see around the globe organizations like Boko Haram, ISIS, etc., who are busy beheading Christians. How can there be joy? But verse 1, A, is the answer. The Lord rents. Let the earth be glad. Our strength and comfort amid the storms of life are given to us in the knowledge that the Lord rents. The Almighty God is in charge. Our God is in charge. The second section, verse six, verses 6 to 9, the creation, including human beings, responded to the Lord's presence. Too fast now. So the second session of the Psalm, verse 16, to report the reaction of creation of God's presence, the heaven, and all the people, verse 6, and adults or image worshippers. All creatures recognize God's glory. Verse 7 suggests, however, that some people do not recognize God's kinship, which are the adult worshippers. But God's appearance totally shames them. You can see even their idol is ashamed, as you can see here. When they see our living God, when God appears. Those who boast in and worship the images of other gods are always ashamed when God appears. In contrast to worshippers of images, the residents of Zion and Judah rejoice for they, for they know God is placed above the creation and our God is exalted far above all other gods. In other words, this second section of the psalm says that God's creature 
accept that righteousness and justice are the core elements of God's rule. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, verse 6. And Zion and Judah are glad because of God's acts of justice. Verse 8. Verse 8c, because of your judgment. These qualities of God's character and actions are the basis of our worship and therefore cause for thanksgiving. So as Christians, we should always depend on God as dependence on any other power is ultimately useless. The church as a body of God's covenant people is called to celebrate God's mighty actions as central characteristics of our common life and worship. The third and final portion or section of this psalm, verses 10 to 12, describes what the king of the Lord means. Describe what the kingship of the Lord means for the righteous. Righteous, in the context of this psalm, refer to those who live humbly before God and see God as their refuge. Psalm 37, verse 30, 39 and 40. So this section describes what implications God's reign has for the lives of his worshippers. God brings justice and righteousness to to a world characterized by injustice, verse 10b. So God's worshippers should always seek justice and righteousness in the world. So this calls for us to hate evil and assurance that God will guide and rescue the faithful ones and all those who do good, verse 10b. The writer also admits that the world is not yet at peace, but he has also boldly assured us that the same God whose glorious throne is hidden by clouds The writer also admits that the world is not at peace. As you could see, what is going on in the world? There's no peace anywhere. Even United Nations and all other international organizations are meeting, looking for peace. Pope had a meeting with all religious bodies sometime last year or so, and they signed an agreement for peace. Still, there's no peace. But he also, the writer who assured us there's no peace, but he also boldly assures that the same God whose glorious throne is hidden by the clouds and fire reaches down to care for the upright in heart. Verse 11. In verse 12, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Divide judgment merits rejoicing because it means the restoration of justice in the world.
Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, considering the greatness of God that his goodness to us, his beloved people, it is proper for us to rejoice in him. The rejoicing should not be mostly in what God has done for us. The rejoice should not be what he has given us. But rather, we should rejoice in the Lord himself with plenty of thanksgiving for just remembering how privileged we are to know him. How privileged we are to know a living God. Many people are looking for the God we have. We see different religions searching for God, but we are honestly highly privileged to know a living God because our God is the living God that others are looking for. So in conclusion, as I said in the beginning, no matter what seems to be going wrong in the world, we can always have the confidence that our God reigns over all things. So if you look at the page three of the service um, sheet, if you turn to page three of the service you see If you don't mind repeating with me. When I say preacher, that's me. Then the church members will be uh, you and their response. He said, when you watch the news and you feel discouraged or dismayed, tell yourself, the Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. When you suffer difficulty and tragedy, Tell yourself, the Lord reigns. Let the world. When evildoers bully and afflict you at work, and you could not just get justice, kindly remind yourself, the Lord reigns, and let the earth rejoice. The foundation of our God's reign is righteousness and justice. This is where our hope lies. This knowledge of our God reigning, this knowledge of our reigning God and Savior changes our lives because we do not have to trouble, to be troubled by justice, discrimination, and unrighteousness, and all other vices of the world. God is ruling, and he has promised to vindicate the righteous. God repeatedly did so in the past and he will do it again and again. When we see the cross of Jesus Christ, we know he is ruling, and he will deliver us, his beloved people. I would like to end with a command of verse 12, which says, Rejoice in the Lord, you who are righteous, and praise his holy name, for what God cannot do does not exist. The problem God cannot solve does not exist. The issue we're going through that God cannot deal with and bring an end to it never existed. 
the illness, the sickness that God cannot heal has never existed, does not exist. Whatever situation we're going through, whatever thing it is, no matter how difficult practically it might look, that God, our God we are talking about here today, we've been worshiping, we're coming here every day, cannot step in and it becomes an end. Never existed. Let us pray. Father Lord, we thank you for Psalm 97, which has reminded us today that you are a just and righteous God who reigns over the affairs of the whole earth. Lord, please give us the grace to always bear in mind that no matter how tough the situation we are in, that you are aware of it and you will surely see us through it. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.